Greetings and welcome to a new episode of Jump and Friends on Movies. Today I have my good friend Bill Boyer. Bill? Hello, great to be here again. So what are we going to discuss today, Bill? So, um, it seems like it was many months ago, but we we did the Fellowship of the Ring. That was around Christmas uh, break, wasn't it? Or winter? Yeah, that's right. I guess I remember we observed that it was around the time that that movie first came out. Right. And now we're doing like the opposite time of the year that the Two Towers came out. Just so that we, just so that you're not bored, and that's that's the reason why we're doing that. So I guess uh, (laughs) we're keeping you on our toes. I guess um, if we keep to this schedule, then we'll do the Return of the King next Christmas. Next Christmas. Well, actually, I do have some good news. Is I have been um, watching uh, Return of the King extended version. So I just have one half. I just have the last half of Return of the King left. So hopefully. I would say within two months we can do, uh, maybe one month we'll be able to do Return of the King. Oh, so, great. Yeah, we can yeah. speed through since. I'll have I'm not to teaching. catch up. I haven't started watching it yet. Yeah, so. I mean, rewatching it. Rewatching, right. So, um, we were going to have um, a newcomer also named, well, Billy. Um, and but we decided that would be confusing. Yeah, sure. So. Billy and Billy, or no. Bill and Billy, or you know, Bill and Ted's excellent venture, something. You know, we we mess it up. So that's why he's not here today. Fortunately, actually, he went to Six Flags. So, oh well. And then the other two as well, Adam and Andrew, were not able to make it um, either. But they but they all say um, that they will be there for um, Return of the King. So hopefully, you know, what would that be? Like five of us. That would yeah. be amazing. It'd be like almost like another, um, you know, podcast party. So that would be cool. So hopefully all five of us can be there for that. Yeah, hopefully we so. can. But uh, yeah, life happens. It's a little hard to schedule so everyone can make it. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. And if, and if not everyone can make it, well, then Billy and I can do another one or we'll just press on. So show must go on, as That's they right. say. So. Yeah. And so we start with the, the two towers. Um, so remember, um, the Lord of the Rings, if you don't know, was divided into three, was originally considered just one big novel. I think Tolkien, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien just wanted to be one big novel. But then I think I read that for, for maybe to cut down on costs for printing, it'd be better. he was told that he should divide it into three. And so yeah. the first was a Fellowship of the Ring. The second was The Two Towers, and the last was Return of the King. So that's how the movies were divided when Peter Jackson um, came on the scene to direct. Um, and uh, um, I guess I was, I, I posed this question to Bill. I was like, so why is it called The Two Towers? I mean, which tower are we talking about? And I was reading something online, and I sent yeah. it to Bill. And do you remember what, what Two Towers were referring to? Well, since we're focusing on the movie, yes, I think it's a little bit more clear in the movie because um, there's that scene when Saruman is talking about you know building his army, mm. and uh, he talks about the union of the two towers to stand oh. against both um, both Isengard and Mordor would be you know okay. impossible for them. So I guess yeah. that would be the Tower of Orthanc mm-hmm. that Saruman. And likes to do his spells on top of and oh, okay, yeah. and Baradur, of course, where in Mordor where the eye is yeah. perched atop. Yeah. So there's two towers. At least in 
Now, I think there are other candidates in the... In the book. In the book for the two towers. Um, there's but, the Twin uh, Towers. There's the Towering St. Louis Art. <laughs> if there was any kind of... A, I think it was probably a bit too early. But, well, you never know. It could be... It was... Uh, so... Um, but yeah, I think another possibility would be the tower uh, in uh, Minas Tirith. Minas oh, Tirith okay. has kind of a tower yeah. at the top. Because yeah. um, the rest of the War of the Ring is kind of between um, you know, between the Men of the West mm-hmm. that are left and uh, Mordor. And Gondor is like kind of the capital of, of the men who are left. Right. So that could be one. All right, so let's dive into this movie. And when they start the movie, they actually show a scene uh, that almost seems to be ripped exactly from uh, near the end of the Fellowship of the Ring. And that's where Gandalf is having his showdown with the Balrog in the Mines of Moria. And Gandalf says some things like that he's like a servant of the secret fire and he's wielding the flame of Anor. And I just want to know. How much training does that take in order to become the servant of the ticket flyer and a wielder of flame? Because I want to know how, how I can do that, because that sounds really cool. Uh, two semesters at Hogwarts. I oh, think. okay. Oh, mix and franchises, <laughs> I see. You know. Oh, so. <laughs> so, see, we didn't know how smart you were, you know, Tolkien, way back when. You foresaw that. Foresaw that. So... Um, and then it's interesting because, like, he says that um, the dark fire will not avail you, flame of Udun. He says that to the Balrog, which is kind of like this mythical flame creature. Yeah. And I just thought, well, so flame of Anor, good, and flame of Udun, bad. You know, why? You know, why, why is Udun bad and why is Anor good? I mean, do, yeah. we, do we have any uh, thoughts? I see you have this. Nice little dictionary encyclopedia of Tolkien here. That some awesome friend got for me. Yeah, I I don't know who that would be. Probably. (laughs) So, yeah. Maybe Prince Philip. If we have any questions, we can look through this encyclopedia of Tolkien that Ryan got me. (laughs) Uh, But, um, well, I know that Anor is, I think, means sun. Like, um, and when in the Elvish language, yeah, or okay, and and when Gandalf says servant of the secret fire, I think that refers to Eru and his um fire of creation. So, I guess he is a a servant of Eru who would be the you know for uh, a force of good, okay. And um, you know, Gandalf isn't just you know, isn't just a man, he was kind of sent for a mission, kind of is almost like an angelic. Creature, um, and then Udun. I had to look it up. I didn't. Know oh, okay. Udun is um, <clears throat> a name of an underground fortress that Morgoth built. Morgoth. And Morgoth is like the bad guy before Sauron. Oh, like, okay. Um, it's like somebody yeah. that was talked about in the Similarion. Yeah, the Similarion. And they talked about Morgoth in the Rings of Power Rings show. Of Power show oh, yeah. okay. So Morgoth is was like I think even more powerful. Sauron is like was like a follower of Morgoth. Oh wow! And when Morgoth was defeated, mm. um, Sauron Back to this place. Yeah, inherited the of, power. Yeah. 
So I guess um, Gandalf is like the the um, the flame of of good or the sun, and then yeah. flame of Voodoo would be like the underworld yeah. or hell, kind of maybe. Yeah. And maybe there were Balrogs in the in the un- underground mm. dungeon. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's, uh, that that sounds good enough for me. That's good enough for me. So. <laughs> I guess I still don't know how I him become one, but I guess we're gonna say it's impossible. <laughs> Darn it! I really wanted to be a mage. <laughs> I, I guess she said I'd go to Hogwarts. You know, so. Okay. Um, and um, oh, so when Gandalf says, "You know, you shall not pass," and he puts a staff down and yeah. just rams down on the ground, and then the floor, the Balrog on starts to crumble and fall, and Balrog ends up falling down to his eventual demise. I just wonder if that was a spell that Gandalf used. Just was that was that like mm-hmm. a spell or no? He's just that strong. He just caused the rock to fall down. You know? Well, I assume it's a spell. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. with his staff. Yeah, it's um, it's cool in the movie. It's like he's going to do this big spell and then nothing happens. But then you know, yeah. the, when the Balrog comes forward, then then, then it starts to, uh, yeah. to fall down. And I, I wanted <laughs> one other technical question I had is that when Gandalf was falling down. Is he just falling down by gravity, or is he actually flying down towards the Balrog? <laughs> does he have powers of flight? You know, he like, does seem to be going faster than the Balrog, but I guess that would make sense because he he's more aerodynamic. You know, he kind of you know of his uh, robes or whatever. Or well, the Balrog uh, is really big and keeps hitting the sides. Oh, maybe okay. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, I don't really I know. I wonder if it was like, you know, an object falls at a rate of 9.8 meters per second squared or something like that, you know? So that's why, and then he's like falling at, I don't know, faster speed. That's what I was wondering, you know? Yeah, well, his uh, sword was cutting the air, so he was. Oh, okay. Therefore, so it just cuts through the gravity constant. Okay. So. But yeah, I thought I mean, that was a, a really cool scene that I wasn't expecting going yeah. in the theaters because, um, I mean, the Fellowship of the Ring. Had some really cool CGI, mm-hmm. but a lot of it was practical and it was fairly grounded. You know, mm-hmm. when Gandalf did his magic, it wasn't like wasn't anything too outlandish, really. Right. And um, the CGI was pretty grounded. Whereas with this one, like right out of the gate, it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I wasn't expecting it. It was pretty cool. I don't know. What did you think about the opening? Yeah, I mean, I, it really it kind of like like say okay. If you for, if it's in, I know it's been a year, but if you forgot kind of like near the ending of, um, you know, Fellowship, this definitely like says, oh yeah, that cool part, great, we get to see it again, and then yeah. you find out um, later that um, it's actually a dream that Frodo is having, right? And I was like, oh wow, that's cool that they did that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I thought it was great because it, it's interesting because it's like. Well, is the dream considered canon? Is that exactly how it happened? Or is this Frodo imagining? Because he had the battle. Because when, when after Gandalf falls, and he's like on top mm-hmm. of a tower or something, and he's fighting this Balrog, and I wonder if that's Frodo's just imagination in his dream of what happened, or if that's what actually happened. That's a good point. So if someone argues and says that, oh, it wouldn't have happened like that, or you know, he wouldn't have fallen that yeah. Fast or whatever you can say. Well, it's Frodo's dream, yeah, so for, it's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, let's see. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta turn off my phone because. Please silence all electronic devices. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll have it. We'll have Magneto attacking us. I guess I need to turn mine down too. Um, but um, and then um, there there's a quote basically um you know Sam and Frodo are together 
Um, so switching scenes a little bit. And Sam is just kind of like, oh man, we're going on this trip. It's hard, you know. And he says, I don't think Gandalf meant for us to have to travel this way to Mordor. And Frodo replies, he didn't mean for a lot of things to happen the way they did. And I guess thought that, you know, here's Sam is his companion. Sam is commissioned to, you know, be with him and make sure he keeps Frodo safe and things like that. And here's Sam kind of like bemoaning the fact that all these terrible things have been happening ever since they did this trip. And that, you know, but, you know, you know, basically saying if Gandalf was here, you know, then maybe this stuff wouldn't happen or whatever. And I think Frodo is like, well, you know, it happened, but we're still going to keep moving along and it's not going to stop us. So I feel like this is a case where Frodo is trying to bring Sam up. There's so many yeah. times in this movie over this journey where Sam has been there to bring Frodo up. And this is the time where Frodo is trying to bring lift Sam's spirits. He's just like, yeah, mm. yeah, it's terrible. It sucks. But you know what? We're going to keep on pressing through. That's true. Yeah. So. And I thought that was, um, that was interesting. They brought that up because, you know, Gandalf is kind of the coordinator mm-hmm. of the attempt to uh, defeat Sauron. Right. But he isn't like... A puppet master you know he doesn't like right. micromanage everyone in fact though that's kind of cool that he doesn't have like a master plan really mm-hmm. um he kind of leaves it up to you know the individuals the to you know yeah to play yeah. their part to make their decisions and and probably fate or whatever yeah right uh, is working so gandalf is kind of a um a servant and not a master right in this sense like it's he's like He's, even though even though Gandalf is so powerful and he he boosts morale wherever he's at, you know, even there are things that are out of his control. Yeah, yeah. And he does say multiple times during this film and also uh, Return of the King that you know basically, you know, our hopes lie with the two hobbits with Frodo and yeah. Ring. He's the only one that can do this, and if he does it, then we're we're all lost, you know. And yeah. So, but he can't control. He's not he's not God, you know. He can't control everything, you know. He's just like. He like he's a servant, but he can't, you know. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously very powerful and wise. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. And he does a good show with fireworks. That's true. I've heard. <laughs> and also uh, making uh, things with his uh, clout, with uh, with the smoke, with uh, while sucking <laughs> on the pipe and blowing smoke, making certain right. shapes, you know. But uh, yeah. Um. And we see a new, a new character, uh, Gollum, right, yeah. <laughs> or Smeagol. The, we have the bad Gollum and the good Smeagol, and they're kind of, you know, this, there's kind of like a two-faced personality with Gollum and Smeagol. I mean, um, what was your, um, like, kind of like first uh, reaction? Do you remember when you saw Smeagol? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, do you feel, well, first thing, uh, Frodo says, you know, Maybe he does deserve to die, Smeagol. But now that I see him, I do pity him. Because Sam is like, let's kill this creature. You know, it's he just wants your ring and he can't be trusted and whatever. Like, and he bit you and everything. And, yeah. and then Smeagol, and then, you know, so Fro- so Sam is like, you know, we can't trust this guy. Let's guy, this guy get away. And, and Frodo is trying to have compassion. Yeah. So that's what, interesting. What, what did you think of, of Frodo and Sam just kind of like they're different? Uh, you know, reactions to or feelings about. Yeah, well, it makes uh, it makes the story more interesting. You know, you've got Frodo who's more willing to trust Gollum. I think partly because Frodo understands better than Sam does what 
Gollum went through, you know, what the ring can do to you. Right. Frodo has some idea of that. And of course, you know, Gandalf told Frodo that um, having pity of Bill, having pity of um, Gollum might be important. Mm. Um, but yeah, on the other hand, Sam is Sam's out to protect Frodo and sees right. Gollum as a threat. And the funny thing is, they're both right. Like Sam is right; like they can't trust Gollum. Right. But Frodo is right; they need to at least for a while because right. they can't get into can't get Mordor with Mordor with yeah. They need someone that's been there. Yeah. Um, but I thought that Gollum was portrayed really well. Like mm. Andy uh, Circus. Yeah, I, I was the base. I don't know if you did the voice and the motion capture. Motion. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It was pretty neat. It was, I mean, it was kind of, as I understand, it was kind of a technological breakthrough, or yeah. at least um, I think you're right. Yeah. pushed the... The boundaries of yeah. what could be done for the time and stuff. Yeah, because before that, I think in the Fellowship, you could, like, see Gollum faintly, just kind of in the shadows. Right. But here we finally see him, like, full on. Yeah. And, yeah, it was pretty impressive. It yeah. holds up even today, which is... It sure does. Pretty... Um, so... Andy Circus has done uh, well. He he did um, the new version of Planet of the Apes. I think Caesar. Oh yeah, he's done a lot of motion that. capture since then. Yeah, um, I think he did a motion capture for also one of the characters in the Venom movie, Venom mm-hmm. movies. I think as well. I can't remember yeah. though. But yeah, he's done a lot. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, and the you know the voice of course he he oh, did yeah. the. The voice of uh, Gollum and Smeagol. Yeah. Which is, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about, um, now focusing on Gollum, what do you think about, like, um, greed? The whole aspect of greed. Do you think Gollum is greedy? Like, he is just so obsessed about this ring. Like, do you feel that um, he shouldn't be blamed for being so obsessed about doing anything for this ring? Or do you feel like there is some... Um, disorder and how he takes it too far or mm-hmm. maybe it's not greed at all um i mean i'd have to speculate but i would say that yeah he has some greed already it's not like the ring like was completely to blame for his actions mm-hmm. and you know what he the bad things he did to get the ring um but i think the ring kind of magnified his evil uh, you know his his bad inclination inclinations um and that's why some people like Frodo and Sam, they are influenced neg- negatively by the ring, but it doesn't um, it doesn't cause them to for, do... They're not there for power, for money, right. for glory. So, I, yeah, I think that's one problem that's the reason that Gollum succumbed to the ring so quickly. Like, well, we'll probably save that for the Return of the King. Yes. But it didn't take long for the ring to really make him do something bad. Right. Uh, whereas that wasn't the case with Sam and Frodo. So, yeah, I think he was greedy right from the start. And the ring really... He feels uh, like the ring gives him some kind of power, but does it also yeah. give him some longevity of life? Yeah, it does. I don't know if he knew that, but yeah. yeah. He, all he knew is that it, it looked right. it looked cool and he wanted right. it. And, yeah. yeah it, and I don't he think he ever shiny. really put it on. Like, I don't even know... I mean, maybe he did in the... We see that in Return of the King. I'm not yeah. sure, but... I don't know how... I mean, I mean, he. I guess he put it on to to help him hunt. Oh, maybe so, yeah. yeah I think yeah. that's what they said. It's so harder because he always likes fish or worms or whatever. And it's like he's always having trouble with catching the fish, but yeah. maybe because he's so used with the ring and without it, you know, yeah. it's kind of hard. But you do have to have sympathy because the ring definitely had a bad influence. And even 
you know, even people who we consider really good, like Gandalf, mm -hmm. said that, you know, didn't want anything to do with the ring because he knew how corrupting it could be. Yeah. So now obviously Gandalf's more powerful. But, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, you could have sympathy that Gollum, it wasn't all him. At least the, the reason that he is the way he is now is also the ring. Yeah. Um, all right. And then this two fakes personality, like you know, being good, being bad. Um, is there a, do we feel like that there is uh, a, possibly a mental illness that, that Gollum has? Or do you think it's just like two sides of the same coin? He's just playing it up. You feel like, yeah. you feel like he, he can he help who he is, or do you feel, or do you think he's just besieged by this ability to no no we must be good and no we must do what yeah. Master says and we will lead him in and like oh no we will kill him and things yeah well I think part of it is um, social isolation you know Gollum okay. you know shortly after he got the ring he was um, kind of cast out mm. from his uh, tribe or you know group oh, right. and so he was living on his own so you know he talked to himself. And then, of course, the ring, I think the ring kind of caused him to have that split personality. There's like the original, the original Smeagol, which is right, who he was. Right. And then Gollum, who's like the person who's obsessed with the ring mm -hmm. that makes him so different. Mm -hmm. And so his, his old self, who he was before he got the ring, is kind of one personality, maybe. So I'd be yeah. like, well, one personality is like, Oh, that's okay. I don't need to play any more video games. But like, oh, oh no, I found Final Fantasy VII Remake. I must play it every single day. Like, every game's like, yeah. so, that, yeah. so that that's a split personality that I have. Well, I, I think <laughs> I think everyone to some extent has an internal monologue, which may sometimes you know you you like have different things that you want to do. You know, there's the yeah. the the good angel and the bad angel, right? The, yeah. yeah, so to speak. So, but yeah. with Gollum, it was just greatly exaggerated because of his, the ring and his uh, social isolation. And I guess he's been, he's lost the ring ever since yeah. Bilbo did that little... Yep, um, since the, know. yeah, since he lost the riddle, yeah. riddle battle. Right. So, um, I will let you know that we're getting close to a fun uh, meme thing. <laughs> Um, but we hear this, uh, um, I really love this, the famous Lord of the Rings fan, fan, or da 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 Yeah, who can forget? And then, and I've heard it a million times playing that Lord of the Rings uh, PS2 video game. But I like what Gimli says, I'm wasted on cross country. We dwarves are natural sprinters. Very dangerous over short distances. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny, yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess they, they kind of go between um, Frodo and Sam's adventure and then they cut to the three hunters, Legolas, Gimli, and Aragorn where we left off. Yeah. Um, at the end of the fellowship, um, Aragorn decides not to follow Frodo. He decides to, oh. to follow um, the orcs who captured Merry and Pippin. So I guess that's where we leave off. Um yeah, that's where we leave off. But what's the meme you're... <laughs> okay, let's see. Yeah, okay. So, Speaking see. of which, yeah, this is from that scene, I guess. I know what you're going to play. <laughs> yeah, okay. Gotta, gotta wait for this. Let's see. So there's this part where Legolas says... We definitely have ants in here. 
Yeah, we definitely have <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely what he says. Uh, let's see. Um, so... Okay. If you haven't already turned off the podcast by now, yeah. Um, yeah. Please, please turn it back on. Um, so Leo says, like he like scans and he says, "You're taking the hobbits to Isengard," and for some reason, somebody thought it was funny to do a meme video thing with that and uh, Billy actually it was pretty funny yeah the yeah. first three times the I first three times so maybe you won't find it funny because you've already heard it a million times and maybe you still won't find it funny if that's your first but yeah just look up taking the hobbits to Isengard that's true if you haven't so, then you're missing out on that yeah <laughs> no, especially if you have a couple beers and yeah maybe it would be yeah. more fun so anyways um, we also see how orcs are born <clears throat> I'm in this movie, uh, which is kind of that's true, low, yeah. low gross. I mean, you know, the mud and I don't know, just but yeah, I don't um, know if "born" is the right word. Yeah, but yeah, are, formed. Yeah. Um. Okay, so one thing I want to talk about is that um, we see a guy who says, "We will die for Saruman," and I'm guessing he's a wild man. And I remember wild men being in my PS2 video game, The Third Age. And I'm wondering, why will these wild men fight and die for Saruman? And it's like, we don't really see the wild men. I don't remember seeing them ever in the rest of the movie. Yeah, I don't so. think so. Except um, they might appear in when they're showing... Um, they're showing that village being attacked, and there's those oh, two. There's the oh, two kids true. that oh, escape yeah. on a horse. Yeah, that, so I think yeah, that's, right. that's probably the wild men. But they yeah. don't really explain who they are. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess they're the people who dwelled in that land around Rohan before. Oh, okay. The, the, the you know, they might be like the uh, indigenous people who got kicked out, so to speak. Oh, okay. So they might have, they might have good reason to, to uh, dislike the uh, people of Rohan who live there now. Yeah. And so yeah, that's right. Sar- Saruman takes advantage of that and riles them up to. Um, have them start weakening Rohan. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, they show that, that scene that we talked about where, uh, Saruman is talking about his alliance with, uh, with Mordor and you can see the armies being made and they kind of, you know, pan around the, the, the tower and they get higher and higher up at the tower. Then you see the eye. I think that's like the first time that you really, I mean, they did show the eye in the first movie, but now you see like it's at the top of the tower. Right. It becomes much more impactful. Yeah. And, that's like the personification of the evil we're up against. Definitely. That was pretty, pretty cool how they did that. Yeah. Um, so, um, just skip, skipping a couple scenes. Um, the, uh, there's a, there's a scene where basically, so Mary and Pippin, they have been taken, right. uh, by the Yurikai, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, to, and the are trying to take them to, um, Saruman. Or at least, or the eye, where yeah, Saruman. You're Saruman. right because I um, I think the idea is that Saruman might be 
working for Sauron, for now at least, but right. Saruman might want the ring for himself. Maybe he thinks right. he can become more powerful than Sauron. Right. But, so yeah, they they think that one of the hobbits has the ring. Right. And um, there's like an... And there are these other orcs there that are like, or goblins, and they're like, we should kill these <laughs> hobbits. And like, no, we have to bring them alive. And then one of the... Uh, one of the goblins or orcs ends up being killed. And uh, the other guy says, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. Because they're like hungry. They're tired of, I don't know, oatmeal or whatever they're eating. I don't know what they're eating. I forget what they're eating. But they're like, we want meat. And it looks like meat's on the menu, boys. You know, so uh, that was funny. That's a funny line, yeah. Um, and then I think... Uh, is it Theoden? Not Theoden. The- well, one 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 of the Rohan, one of the horse lords. Um, I forget. Eomer, 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 Eomer. Yeah. He comes and he they just with his men and they just slaughter all the bad guys. And then I think, um, well, Merry and Pippin, they they're like horse. It's about to trample upon them. They, <laughs> yeah. they separate and they're going to the woods and there there's a goblin that chases them a little bit. And then um, an ant. We learned about the ants. An ant comes mm-hmm. and stomps on and kills the orc or whatever like that. But anyways, yeah. so but Aragorn like said, find Daemon. Like, where are the you know where are the hobbits? Where the you know where the Titan Hobbits Osengard? No, where where are where are Merry and Pippin? And like, oh, we left no survivors. And then um, Aragorn gets really mad and he kicks his helmet. And he yells in pain and anguish. And, and apparently he kicked it with such force that he broke a bone in his foot. Yeah. And that yellow pain was not acting, but for real, his foot really hurt. And my wife told me about that. So that's actually... Yeah. She remembers hearing that from the... I, I think in the um, extended edition, like the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that too. And it was amazing how... Vigo Mortensen channeled that and he didn't like yell yeah. cut or something like that he just yeah, like went with it kept on going through he didn't yeah. yell <laughs> he just yeah. went through you know? well probably he didn't want to have to redo that scene yeah, again he's he like, okay. another foot he's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if no. I have to do this again yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably, I think they had done a number of takes oh yeah uh, trying to get that right yeah. <laughs> so. yeah he probably kicked it as hard as he possibly could and then he broke his bonus but um, I thought that uh Aragorn then uses his like tracking skills to see that Merry and Pippin are alive. He's like, oh, over here. And then this happened, and then the horse was here, and then they got away, and then this happened. And I thought that his tracking skills were very much like on par with Wolverine from the X-Men, except mm. Wolverine uses his nose more yeah. to sniff. But he's just <laughs> like, wow, this is great. You know, pretty cool. So Yeah, that's right. Aragorn is a ranger, so he's used to like tracking. Yeah. And, and it's kind of funny because it like Gimli can Attack and he's very you know very good attacker. But both um, both Aragorn and um, Legolas they have some kind of tracking. Like Legolas can like use his eyes to like see far ahead and kind of like say, oh this would happen and from far away you know yeah he can see further. Place. And then um, you know Aragorn is like up close and personal and he can decide what happens. So they both kind of have tracking skills. And whereas mm-hmm. Gimli's kind of left behind, just kind of this big big. Dwarf that can fight really how to and know how to drink, although not be able to drink as well as Legolas. That's true. I'm not it's like, sure if that's in this movie or another one. It's like you would but, think they'd give him something, like something yeah. he could he could one up on Legolas. Although I think doesn't Gimli have? I think Gimli does have a higher 
Well, we'll get to that later. Their oh. their um, friendly um, attacking their, their friendly battle of who can kill more. Right. Yes. Yeah. So they do give Gimli something, I guess. Right. So um, and then uh, um, let's see. Then yeah. So then the ants. Uh, Treebeard comes alive. He's like this yeah. big ant, which is like this. Big. So what is an ant? Other than a lot, a tree that talks. What else can we say about what an ant is? Like anything? Well, let's look at the encyclopedia of talking. Yeah. What is an ant? I mean, we've, we've got uh, this thing here. We should use it. Yeah. Um, but is it in alphabetical order? Or is there an index? It is in alphabetical order. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm sure they'll have that here. Ants. Tree-like being and shepherds of the trees of Middle Earth, and among Tolkien's most original creations. Um, so I guess he was inspired by um, old Anglo-Saxon literature, hmm. and uh, yeah, I guess they are. I guess shepherds of the trees is the best way they care about. Okay. And I think ants are like the most awakened, but oh. there are different levels of awakening of trees in Middle Earth. Like oh, okay. there are some trees that kind of can sometimes move or, or do things, but don't talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, ants have eyes and a mouth. And yeah. They can actually walk around. There's some trees that are still rooted to the ground, but mm -hmm. can still like move and, okay. Um, yeah. do so that's things. true. Cause there was like, there's a battle. It's probably at the end of this movie, um, yeah. but where ants get involved, and um, there's some that aren't talking, you know. Trevor seems to be the only one that really is talking. You know, one, one catches on fire, and I think maybe he goes, yeah. ah, but then just finds some water and just, you know, yeah. Places, you know. And I don't know if all of them can speak, yeah. you know, English. A lot yeah. of them, the ones that can speak, can probably, probably only speak yeah, can only speak Entish, Entish right. which apparently is a very inefficient language. Yeah, it was funny. There's a scene that says, "I know we're going ahead," but it w was saying that um, you know we have all the ants are gathered together and they're like talking and they're trying to figure out what to do with uh, Mary and Pippin, and they said, "We have agreed that you are not orcs," and, like, <laughs> and we have just said hello to each other, and, and Mary and Pippin was like, "Come on, why does it take yeah. you so long to say stuff?" You know, and it's just like. You know, the end language, you know, is not as, you know, it, when something needs to be said and said right, it takes a long time to do it or something like that. You yeah, know, and I think funny. Treebeard's real name, like, takes all day to say or something. Right, yeah. So, um, so this is interesting. Uh, well, when Frodo and, uh, Frodo and, uh, Sam and Gollum are walking in these marchers, Frodo says, I mean, uh, like they so what are these things, you know, in the water? And um Gollum says, There they are dead things. Dead things in the water. And I said, Do you see dead people too? <laughs> and Frodo falls in the water and Gollum brings him back. Uh Yeah, so I guess so. some of those might be bodies from the last alliance that they showed at the beginning of the first film, like when oh. uh, the elves and men fought against Oh, okay. Against uh, Sauron, and a lot of them died. Oh, okay. And then their, I guess some of their spirits are still there, maybe. Yeah. Huh. Um. There's also a scene where um, Gimli, Legolas, and Aragorn are in the forest of Fangorn, 
and then um, the uh, Shrewbeard says, oh, I will bring you over to the White Wizard and we'll learn if you're good or who you say you are. And then Legolas is like getting ready to do an arrow because he thinks the White Wizard is actually Saruman. Yeah, and they... Like, they, and they, they says, oh, forgive me, I miss you for Saruman. <laughs> and get him, I am Saruman, or rather Saruman as he should have been. Right, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. If, so, if Saruman had not uh, decided to join Sauron, yeah. Yeah, so it's almost like Gandalf like got promoted or leveled up yeah. or something. It would have been cool to watch this. I mean, I'm, I am glad I read the books first. But yeah. It would have been interesting to watch the movies not having read the books to see if, if I would... I'm not sure. I'm wondering if I would have thought that it was going to be Saruman. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when he when the first time he talks, you can't see his face, and it's actually a mix. They mix mm. together both... Um, oh, voices. Yeah, Ian McKellen. And, uh, and uh, Yeah, they mix their voices together to make yeah. it. So I oh, wonder. that's funny. That's neat. Uh, um, okay, and then I got to know, uh, can you summon a horse fireside just by whistling? Because that would be a neat trick. That would be pretty awesome, right? <laughs> um, all right, let's try <laughs> See, there's an imaginary blue horse over there. I'm glad that didn't work. I would have to get a like a new, a new yeah. wall. Yeah, a new wall. <laughs> but yeah, so we get to see Shadow Facts. Yeah, Shadow Facts. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Um, and oh, and I guess at that point they show like the rest of the scene from the very beginning what happens to Gandalf after he fell oh so he yeah. falls to the bottom and then somehow he ends up at the top of the mountain so I guess they fight for a long time yeah and then he uh, kind of dies and gets sent back yeah so I guess the idea is that he has he still has a purpose yeah that he was sent to yeah. achieve yeah so um yeah it's true um Let's see. What do you feel about the Gandalf trying to? Because well, there's this character called Grima, or Grima, yeah. Grima yeah. Um, who's been poisoning the mind of Theod King Theoden. I mean, he looks like you know almost half like a zombie or something. Mm -hmm. And then Gandalf comes in and he says, "Okay, you must turn in all your weapons." And then Gandalf's like, "Whoa, you know, would you really take away the walking stick of an old guy? You know." And, it's okay, you can have your walking stick, you know, not knowing that it's his wand, you know, yeah. and stuff. And then he does this kind of almost an exorcism of sorts on the king. Yeah. Theoden, and he comes back to himself and he's getting ready to kill Grima. And then they, Gandalf tells him, well, you need to have mercy on him and things like that. So. Yeah, that part didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Like, why not kill Gandalf? Yeah, right. Or, or at least put him in prison or something, because yeah, he ends up just let him go away. Because <clears throat> then, then he just joins up with Saruman yeah. later on, and it's just like so that might be a little bit of a plot hole. And it wasn't. It they didn't really have the same plot hole in the books. At least they explain it. Oh, like okay. in the like why they did certain things. Or well, yeah, in the in the things. book, Grima was already a counselor of the king. For a long time, like he had been a faithful oh. servant, um, and then I guess at some point he fell under the influence of Saruman. Oh. Um, but Theoden was kind of wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe that the old Grima was still there, that he oh. still um, 
that he might be able to uh, turn over a new leaf, so to speak. And so Gandalf said, well, if you want to, you know, see who he truly is, mm. test him, like give him the option to either um, leave you or go with you into battle. Yeah. And so he chooses to leave. Yeah. So, which maybe you could say they still shouldn't have let him, but I suppose the king gave him his word. Like, yeah. So they kind of explain it that way. Yeah. But yeah, he goes right to Saruman, of course. And yeah, I like what Gandalf says, Grima. I have not passed through fire and death yeah. to bandy crooked words of the witless worm. I like that. Yeah. Witless worm. It should be like an insult. You know, we should just throw at people. You witless worm, you. you know, <laughs> come shine my shoes. Eat my salad. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it, it was really cool to see um, Gandalf, you know, cast out Saruman, even though it's, you know, they probably dramatized it a lot more than it was in the books. But it was still um, pretty cool to see. And then they cut to, like, after Gandalf is successful, mm-hmm. you know, Saruman, like, falls back. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from his <Whoa>. seeing stone. <laughs> like, Whoa. Yeah. So it definitely came across well in the, as a cinematic experience, yeah. I guess. It did. Yes. Um, yeah. So I guess in the movie, Aragorn convinces King Theoden to not kill Grima. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there's an interesting talk between Eowyn and Aragorn. Am I pronouncing that one? Eowyn? E-O-W-Y-N? I think so, yeah. That's, I spelled it correctly. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> um, but... Eowyn says, Women of this country learned long ago, those without swords can still die upon them. I fear neither death nor pain. What do you fear, my lady? A cage, to stay behind bars until use and old age accept them, and all chance of valor has gone beyond recall or desire. Mm-hmm. So actually that is uh, one of my wife's favorite quotes. Yeah. From the, from the movie, she said. Yeah. So, it's like, Yeah. Because I guess it's interesting because I think she's saying that she, you know, she's a, she's a woman, but I wish she wishes that she could fight like a man. You know, yeah, and I thought that was interesting. I don't know if Tolkien was kind of ahead of his time talking about like, you know, how there are cultural, societal norms like, you know, you can't do this if you're a woman, you can't do this. If, you know, but yeah. she wanted to still fight for her country. Right. She uh, definitely does so. Oh, yeah. The third one. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no spoilers yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> In case people are yeah. watching first and then listening to the podcast. Right, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> or in case they haven't played the game. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, and then, and we, we see, and then Aragorn basically says he doesn't think that that will be her fate to die on a sword and things like that. But we start to see that she um, likes, has some kind of feelings for Aragorn I think, yeah. at that time. Yeah. And she and he has not told her that, you know, his heart is for another, you know. The, yeah. um, a, a, Owen, a, is that her name? Or Arwen. Arwen. Arwen, yeah. Eowyn, yeah. <clears throat> Arwen. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. A, lot of, a lot of names. Um, so we're almost to the end of the first part. Um, we see Gollum trying to get fish. Sam calls Smeagol names and Frodo approaches Sam. Why do you do it, Sam? 
because that's what he is, Mr. Frodo. There's not let, they're not left in him, but lies in deceit. It's the ring he wants. It's all he cares about. Frodo says, you have no idea what it did to him, what it's still doing to him. I want to help him, Sam, because I have to believe he can come back. You can't save him, Mr. Frodo. What do you know about it? Nothing. He gets all kind of in his face and things. Yeah. You know, that's where he, I think that's probably like the first time we see Frodo really raise up his voice against Sam. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Frodo, there, um, it's definitely a growing tension between Sam and Frodo. Yeah. Um, and Gollum is part of the catalyst for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Sure Sam Gollum was, wants that in the end. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, in, in, in the books, I don't know if, I can't remember if Gollum... If that side of Gollum is... If, he, if he's like trying to get them to split apart, yeah, I can't remember. It, but you know, with the crumbs on his jacket, oh right, <laughs> thing, yeah. that might be a bit much. But yeah, the, yeah. Sam definitely has it in for Gollum. And um, in fact, I think it's possible that Frodo might have been right that Gollum could have come back if, um, if well, if two things, if if Sam had been gentler to him maybe and also if the um, if um, if it hadn't appeared to Gollum like they had betrayed him to the oh. to the Faramir and those men oh, he kind of yeah. thought that they uh, but yeah. I guess we'll get to that right so um, so I think Frodo might have been right it's hinted at in the book that that Gollum there was still hope for him right uh, um, so almost at the end uh, I guess I guess well there's there's nobody that's ever hopeless I guess yeah that's true so I have this little um, this uh, little quote on my phone as a screen thing and it says um, uh, just it's from Professor Xavier so um, from I th think yeah it's from um, Oh, days of future past. Mm -hmm. And he's talking to his younger self. Just because someone stumbles and loses their path doesn't mean they're lost forever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's still hope for good old uh, Gollum. Okay. And then here we got this other kind of quotable quote. I guess um, one of them finds potatoes or something. And then... Uh, um, uh, well, no. Um, How's that? Gollum finds a fish. Gollum finds. Uh, Gollum is trying to um, turn over a new leaf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they have. They have that. There's that whole scene where Gollum is talking to himself. Right. Gollum and Smeagol, like the extended oh, yeah. uh, scene where um, he's talking about um, if um, you know if he should befriend the. The hobbits, or if he should, you know, kill them in their sleep, and mm -hmm. that's true. And at that point, it seems like, uh, you know, um, Smeagol is like, "Leave now and never come back." And Gollum's like, "No, yeah. leave now." And it seems like it works. Like mm. um, Gollum, at least the Gollum personality for now is gone, and mm -hmm. um, Smeagol right. is like anxious to to be good and please Would them. You? And so he, <laughs> the first thing he does is he grabs. He finds two rabbits and like oh rabbits that's right tosses yeah, them in front yeah, of Sam yeah, yeah yeah he's like they're eat you know they're nice eat them yeah. eat them raw 
And yeah. Sam cooks them and says that, oh, all we need is taters to go with it. Yeah, and then he's like, what's taters? And then Sam says, potatoes. Yeah. Boy, they mash them, stick them in a stew. Yeah. So that's right. Thanks. Thanks for that. I forgot about that little detail there. And then we see yeah. these oliphants. Yeah. Oliphants. So what are, and men are, men are elves are attacking these oliphants. And Frodo and Sam run into these guys and then they must be Faramir's troops, I think. Yeah. Frodo and Sam become prisoners. Yeah, that's right. So I guess Faramir is trying to thin out the armies that are marching towards Mordor. Yeah. Um, you know, try to reduce, make a dent before they, before they eventually attack Gondor. Does that have anything in here about the Oliphants? Ooh, like, let's see. Where are they? This would be under O. Um, okay, so under um, Harad. Hmm. Harad. So they talk about the Haradrim. Oh. Harad are the vast territories to the south of Gondor. A land of deserts, grasslands, and jungles of blistering heat. Oh, I didn't know there were jungles hmm. in Middle Earth. Oh, so its people are the Harad are the Haradrim. So I guess the um, climate is different, and uh, ele- elephants thrive there. Oh, okay. And uh, hmm. yeah, and I guess uh, I thought really says, huh? Yeah. Huh. But yeah, I guess they're they're elephants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So not much, not much, uh, not much there. That's okay. <laughs> All right. So that officially ends the first disc of the um, um, Two Towers extended version. So this is where uh, disc two begins. We see um, Gimli talking on a he's on a small horse, a regular horse. I'm not sure. Uh, but he has this discussion. Um, and he says that you don't see many dwarf women, and when you do, they're commonly mistaken for dwarf men. It's the beards. <laughs> and then he said the belief that there are no dwarf women, just dwarfs spring up out of the holes of the ground, uh, is of course ridiculous. But, you know, here's that thing. I mean, I guess actually, um, well, Gimli is the only dwarf we see in, um, you know, the Lord of the Rings. But do we see yeah, any movies. dwarf women in the Rings of Power? Um, we do. Um, yeah. Um, she does not have a beard. Ah. But I don't know if people are considering that canon. Um, mm. I think there's a couple passages in, um, like one of them is in the appendices. The other might be somewhere in the Cimmerian that talk about that um, male and female dwarves both have beards. And oh, it's okay. hard to tell them apart. Hmm. Um but um, I don't know if that means that they have to have beards. You know, maybe she'd decide to shave it off. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she has the ability to grow a beard, but she maybe. decided not to have a beard so that she would more look like a woman. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, we learned that Eowyn's father and mother are dead, and she makes a stew that Gimli doesn't want, but Aragorn tastes, but also tries to dump out. I just thought it was funny. And then Erwin says that she heard that Aragorn rode with her grandfather, but that you know, that must be a mistake. 
Mm-hmm. We learned that Aragorn is actually 87 years old. You know, whoa, that's that's incredible. Apparently, he's since Aragorn is one is a descendant of Numenor. He's blessed with long life. Mm-hmm. Was do you remember reading about something like that in the book? That yeah, ever give his age? Do you think they did? Yeah, I I I imagine that they mentioned that. Yeah. Number. I don't remember specifically if they say that that's his exact age, but I know okay. that he is a lot older than he looks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, being a descendant of Numenor and being, um, that's part of the reason that he's the heir to the throne of Gondor because mm. of his lineage. Okay. Um, so yeah. So he'll have that in common with his possible elf lady friend, maybe because, although. She, oh, that's yeah. I mean, well, she's still gonna live way longer than him. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess um, he's. I wonder what right. is his like max cap age, like <laughs> you know, one hundred and fifty. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Two hundred. Um. Yeah. So we had like a little saga where I wrote it as Agent Smith wants Aragorn to forget about living a life with his daughter, but Agent Smith is really Elrond. It's just same mm. Google weaving is same actor. So yeah, that's right. Agent Smith is from the Matrix, so yeah. um and do do you what do you feel about this? Like do you feel like um Elrond is justified for not wanting his daughter to marry Aragorn, or do you feel like I think I think I think Elrond re- eventually relents, like mm-hmm. or at least allows it. But do you feel like it's? Yeah, it's understandable at least he's, that he's, he's warranted for feeling that way. You know, I think so because, um, you know, it's his daughter, and um, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to not see her again. Um, mm. And you know, the elves, uh, I guess they have to leave Middle Earth, or they're you know going to leave Middle Earth. I guess it's a separate question of whether they should do that, but that's what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, I Hopefully guess... Hopefully we hear more about that in Return of the King. Hmm. So... Um, but, yeah, it's... I think in the movies, they definitely... Um, I, I think he comes across as being a little bit more manipulative manipulative than he was in the books. Like, don't you love me too? Kind right. of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's understandable as a father. And he knows that they don't have much hope of winning. This war against yeah. Sauron. Yeah. What did you think about the scene where they show um, the you know, the potential future even if Aragorn wins? They show Eowyn like being or so not Eowyn, Arwen. I did it too oh. now. <laughs> that scene uh, where they show um, uh, Elrond is kind of showing the future to uh, oh. um, um, to her daughter about um, how she's going to be left alone. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, um, like, like. Are you, I mean, I think it was good that he showed her, mm-hmm. um, but I think she saw that she was. There's like a child of hers. That yeah, in the next movie they yeah. show. Yeah, I guess she didn't um, realize it at the time. Yeah, um, but I mean, his father, her father, is definitely trying to get her to, you know, go with them. 
Um, I guess it's to a place where, I don't know, it's like where the elves go to like the Grey Havens. Is that like the place of eternal happiness? Well, that's where they originally came from. The elves originally came to Middle-earth to help fight against Morgoth. Oh, okay. um, But I guess their their power in Middle-earth is diminishing and maybe for their own... For their own safety, they have to go back to the Grey Havens. I don't know exactly how their magic works, but yeah. that's my understanding. That, hmm. uh, but yeah, I, that for me that scene was very touching because we kind of see that. Um, well, um, yeah, we kind of see what um, what Arwen is giving up yeah. by falling in love with Aragorn. You know yeah, that. Um, not yeah, not only not only that, but that she's going to have to mourn him as well. Right, for, long, for a long, long time. I mean, uh, because she'll still live a long time. Right, uh, but she's still willing to do that because she loves him that much. Right, and uh, hopefully, I mean, when she saw like a child in her future, then hopefully she can be with her children and her child and her children's children. And I mean, I'm guessing that I don't think she would ever marry again. You know, I don't think she'd ever be with someone again. I don't know. I just feel like he would just be for Aragorn. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But, I would you agree. Know, it's like pros and cons. Go with your elves. You know, say the happiness. Con, miss out on being with your one true love. Stay yeah. with Aragorn. Be with one true love. Have children, whatever. And then con, well, Aragorn died before you. You won't have him for... You know, you only have them for, what, 100 years, 50 years, whatever, you know. Yeah. And they live a long time, so. But yeah, in in the book, I don't think, um, yeah, I don't think Elrond is that uh, opposed to to Aragorn marrying Arwen. He just says that, um, he tells Aragorn, like, look, if you're going to marry my daughter, you've got to, you've you've got to, um, you know, become king and you've got, you've got to fulfill your destiny first. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah. So. Um, oh, then there's that part where um, Aragorn gets dragged off a cliff by a warg. Everyone thinks that he's dead. And then, yeah. And then, um, but then, like, I think Arwen comes to, like, like a vision of Arwen shows up and says, may the grace of the Valor protect you, which is another reference to the revived spell of the the third age video game. She revives him with a virtual kiss. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And Aragorn's horse comes to him and Aragorn gets on and then... um, Yeah, another another scene that was added for dramatic effect in the movies that wasn't in the book. mm. Uh, But... uh, yeah, I guess it kind of adds to the tension. And Aragorn sees the, on his way back, he sees the army of orcs. Yeah. Rukai that are now marching towards uh, Helm's Deep. Yeah. You are the luckiest, the canniest, the most reckless man I ever knew. Bless you, laddie. Gimli <laughs> to Aragorn. Yeah. Um, we have another kind of long um, discourse between Aelin and Aragorn. So, because there's another uh, attack that's going to be happening, mm-hmm. 
where where is the attack going to be held? Is it Helm's Deep? Yeah. So after um, after Gandalf, um, you know, frees the king Theoden from uh, from his uh, stupor, from yeah. <laughs> from his uh, possession or whatever, being yeah. possessed by Saruman, um, Theoden decides to go for Helm's Deep because you know he knows that Saruman's army is coming after them. Mm. And um, yeah, Aragorn and Gandalf seem to think that that's not a great idea. Um, but um, Aragorn thinks that, well, Aragorn says, you know, Helm's Deep has saved them in the past. I think mm. in the books it was more of a last resort, like that wasn't their initial plan. Oh. But they kind of got caught in the open and they had to retreat there, basically. Mm. Uh, See, now I want to read the books again. Yeah. So yeah. I think when we finish it all, the trilogy, I'll, I got I got two books I'm working on right now, but then I'll, I'll go back to Lord of the Rings. Mm. And How long ago them. since you read them? Gosh, I was in like 12th grade. Okay. Yeah. So, well, 2004. Yeah. <laughs> so, 18 years, 19. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Um, actually, probably about the same, although I did, I guess I did reread at least parts of them, but that's when I first read them. Yeah. All together. Actually, it probably was the first time I read them was probably a little bit before that. Yeah. But um, before the movies came out, or? it was definitely before the movies. Yeah, came yeah. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, going back and rereading them, I'll probably see some images from the movies. Yeah. At the time, I still had just images in my head uh, as well. Yeah. You know, from before I saw them on screen. Yeah, that's cool. It would be cool. I'm not sure if it would be um, feasible, but it would be cool if we did like a, a watch party. Oh yeah, we like for like Return of the King. We watched it the whole thing, and then we yeah. did, did we did a review on it. Wow, <laughs> but that'd be that'd be like we weren't. I'd be like five hour, four hours of four hours and twenty minutes of movie, and then five hours, then like another hour for doing a review. <laughs> yeah, uh, might be too much. But yeah, I just remember we saw the we saw it in theaters. Return of the King. I remember we saw it in theaters mm -hmm. together. Yeah, that's right. You know, so, but was, yeah, maybe you and I can watch it one day and then well, the next day we can. Well, marathon. We'll watch all three extended editions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're just you can know. do that in twelve hours, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, so back to Eowyn and Aragorn. Eowyn, I I like what this uh, little banter back and forth. Eowyn says, I'm to be set with the women into the caves. And Aragorn says, that is an honorable charge. Eowyn, to mind the children, to find food and bedding when the men return. What renown is there in that? Aragorn, my lady, a time may come for valor without renown. Who then will your people look to in the last offense? So, so Eowyn says, let me stand at your side, Aragorn. It is not in my power to command it. Eowyn, you do not command the others to stay. They fight beside you because they would not be parted from you. Because they love you. And then she says, I'm sorry. So. Yeah, she's another, kind of. Um, another um, hint that she's saying that she loves him. She loves him, him. yeah, exactly. And um, she just doesn't like to be, you know, told that she just has to be like with the other women. She knows mm -hmm. she can fight and she wants to do something about it. So she's hate, I guess, you know, in the 
she wants to do something glorious, you know, valorous, you know, and being told she can't, she feels bad. And then, you know, everyone's like, well, there'll be a day for that. But for now, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, you know, you have to do this instead. And there's, you know, doesn't matter. I mean, it's a good thing being with the women in the caves. It's not, you know, it might not be, you know, with valor or whatever, but, you know, it's well, useless. It's And also, you know, Aragorn is not, he's not in charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least he's, he hasn't become king yet. And so it's up to Theoden. Mm-hmm. Uh, he decides. So he doesn't, yeah, Aragorn, Aragorn doesn't want to undermine yeah. uh, Theoden's command. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is, it turns out to be very good that, uh, that Eowyn decides to uh, disobey <laughs> Theoden's wishes. Oh, yes. But, uh, so, to be saved for the next podcast, I guess. Right, yes, yes. Because she could have died in this one if she yeah. was fighting, you know, on the front lines or whatever. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, like if she would have just disobeyed and... You know, well, I mean, eventually, I guess not. Well, she at, does, this, at this point, she doesn't. Right. There's a point where she does disobey. And she says, yeah. I'm going to take you... Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to take you... Mary, Mary, yeah. Mary, yeah. Get those two mixed up all the time. Yeah, and uh, um, you know we're gonna fight on horseback. You know we're gonna go on horseback, and yeah, the big reveal happens. You know, the big fight with the witch king. Right. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, like I thought this was interesting. Legolas saying to Aragorn that three hundred fighting against ten thousand enemies will be pointless, and that everyone will die. And Aragorn says, then I shall die as one of them. You've never heard of the Spartans? Yeah, that's right. Come on, you know. Goodness. So, and then elves show up from Rivendell. Saying they'll be glad to fight alongside men. Mm -hmm. And it's raining. And here we go, the contest between Legolas and Gimli, who can kill the most people. Yeah, and I like that there's, even though it is kind of a dark movie, overall more dark than the fellowship, there's still a good amount of comedy and yeah. banter. There's some yeah. pretty funny ones, like uh, like shall I describe it to you, or do you want me to find you a box? Right, yeah. <laughs> Since Gimli can't see over the railing. Yeah, that's funny. Um, and we have eventually Treebeard being. Um, convinced to fight against Sauron or Saruman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, you know, things looking bleak, but then Gandalf appears with uh, the army of Rohan of Aylmer. And then we see Ents and they're Ents and they attack enemies. And I see a tower in the background, you know, and that's one, you know, one tower. <laughs> mm, yeah. And then we break the dam. Uh, Frodo walks towards a Nazgul clutching his ring, almost putting his finger through it, and Sam jump grabs Frodo, preventing Nazgul from clutching the ring. Yeah. And the two tumble down some stairs, and Frodo thinks that Sam wants the ring. What did you think about that scene with um, Frodo walking towards the Nazgul? Yeah, and it's like he's like, is he giving up? Is this is it? Is this it? <laughs> Game over, man. You know. <laughs> So, I mean, it's like, I feel that, I wonder if the ring was telling him, like, 
here and make it so easy just give it to the witch yeah you know and everything you'll your journey will be over and you can have peace and I don't know just I felt like the ring was telling up messages to you know but I really thought that you know if I didn't know how the movie ended I'm like yeah. oh this is it you know what's gonna happen roll credits yeah there you go <laughs> we failed <laughs> you know so yeah I, I mean the movie does take a lot of liberties and to be fair, some of them I think work better. It makes it more cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, works better as a, as a movie. But I don't know. This one I had mixed feelings about. I thought that mm-hmm. that's kind of the the furthest that Peter Jackson ever went as far as making it so dramatic mm-hmm. compared to the books. It wasn't in the book, was it? No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the ring rate had been right there... Uh, the ring would have just killed him, right? Yeah. It well, I mean, yeah. I don't think that they could have stopped him. Yeah. Um, that or... Um, the ring with you know seeing the ring there then um, Sauron is going to send all his army towards Osgiliath you know oh, and there's man. there's other ring wraiths too that, that could get there pretty fast so I think it would have been all over for them if, yeah. if, if he had actually seen the ring because yeah. the whole point was that, that um, Sauron didn't know where the ring was and he kind of assumed that they would use its power at some point that it probably would go to Gondor which is um, I guess it's another Point that Faramir was mm-hmm. um, trying to follow his father's wishes and right. send send uh, the ring to Gondor. Right. Um, there, there was a deleted scene that I didn't talk. We didn't really talk about, but there was a scene where um, Denethor, who's played by John Noble, um, mm-hmm. he was big in. You might know John Noble from the Fringe TV series. He was he was Walter in that series. But anyways, and he's like. He's loving his son, Barmer, like, hey, you know my son, I love you, whatever. And then Faramir shows up and he's like, oh, you again, you know, he just yeah. doesn't really like care about him and things. But then he wanted Barmir to get the ring to bring back to yeah. Gondor and things like that was his mission, you know, mission, you know, find the ring and bring it back. And then, and then when, when, when Barmir died, he basically gave similar instructions, I think, to Faramir yeah. as well. And that's why Faramir was close when he captured uh, Frodo was like, okay, well, you know. This would be a way for Faramir to redeem himself in his right. father's eyes, right. is the idea, yeah. And then eventually, you know, he decided to do what he thought was the right thing. Yeah. And let Frodo keep, keep yeah. the ring. So, um, which adds really to Faramir's character. You know, he'd be willing to disobey his dad, mm-hmm. you know, his father, for the greater good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point, but yeah, I th- I think um, um, Sauron. The idea was that Sauron wouldn't expect them to send the ring into Mordor, no, and yeah. destroy it. In fact, I think right. I think Gandalf says that that that's like the last thing that he would expect. That's right. The, that because Sauron thinks like Sauron is so obsessed with power, mm-hmm. he imagines that that's what that's what I would do. I would right. use you know. Right. Like, so he wouldn't suspect that they would rely on such a desperate plan. Yeah. So Shocked, you know. yeah, the whole the whole plan re- revolved on secrecy. So I don't think it would work for the Nazgul to see the ring. But yeah. apart from that, I still like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the thing where it's like, well, do what they would least expect you. No, 
do like do what they would least expect you to do or something and then that would be the best plan or something or, oh yeah or, or kind of like well that's what it's like well we'll go to the place that they'll most look look at because they wouldn't be expecting it something like you know that's one thing well yeah pippin says something oh. like that to try to confuse treebeard and get him to right to uh go south yeah instead because pippin knows that treebeard will see Mm-hmm. The uh, deforestation from Saruman, and maybe that will mobilize the Ents. Yeah. Uh, so, um, which I guess it does. Yeah, it does. Which so. again, in the books, I don't. I think Treber would have already been aware of any deforestation, but in the movies, I guess it makes for a. It, it gives Pippin something to to do. Yeah. You know, Pippin has been pretty passive, yeah. kind of going along, kind of being a comic relief. Yeah. And now he finally does something to help his friends. Yeah. He kind of steps up. So that was kind of a neat moment for him. Yeah. So, um, so when Frodo is angry, he draws a sword on Sam, then he, then he apologizes to Sam and, and says, I can't do this, Sam. Mm-hmm. Sam says, I know, it's all wrong. By rights, we shouldn't even be here, but we are. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were, and sometimes you didn't want to know the end, because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was, when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something. Frodo says, what are we holding on to, Sam? Sam says that there's some good in the world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Yeah. Very inspirational. Go, go Sam. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, so we just talked about it. Uh, Farron decides to let Frodo, Sam, and Gollum go because he sees that at least the hobbits are noble and have a noble purpose, even though he will greatly anger his father and that his life will become forfeit. Um, so the big battle at Helm Deep is over. Eowyn hugs Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas compare how many each one killed. 42 for Legolas and 43 for Gimli. Legolas sees an orc twitching, so he shoots an arrow into him, and so now he has 43. And Gimli said that the orc was twitching because he has his axe and his <laughs> nervous system. So there you go. So, so yep, Gimli won the... The, uh, the, 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 the count. The orc kill count. Yeah. Contest. Uh, which I kind of feel like it's easy for Legolas to kill... Then for as long as Legolas has like an infinite number of arrows, <laughs> then for um, Gimli, because I think just where's arrow? I don't know. I just feel like just quickly reload yeah, I the think, arrows. Yeah, Legolas did have an advantage, and yet Gimli still yeah. still won. So it says a lot about Gimli's uh, yeah, maybe strength Legolas and resolve. Missed a few times. I don't know. Yeah. So well, I do think in in the books they mention Legolas having to search for arrows at some point. Maybe oh, really? if I remember right. Hmm. But, uh, cool, which I guess would make sense because some arrows are not going to hit the enemy. There were other archers there, yeah. So, 
Uh, how do you feel about um, the ending of this movie? I so, thought it was yeah. I thought it was pretty good. It set up the kind of a cliffhanger. Um, it was really inspirational. The um, that dialogue between Sam and Frodo, and it was in the book, oh, so it, it definitely yeah. um, appealed point. to fans of, of the book about um, you know. Do you think we'll ever be put into songs or tales? Oh yeah. And, and Sam was uh, like, yeah. T- tell us about the uh, tell us about Frodo and the Ring. Yeah, Ring. Yeah. Uh, this was kind of a little bit of meta humor yeah. that that Tolkien did, you know. Since yeah, yeah. obviously it did end up in, and the I guess book. the idea is that the book is was written by Bilbo. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I guess Frodo. Bilbo wrote some of like the, the early chapters of Hobbit, and then I guess Frodo finished it and wrote Lord of the Rings. Oh, but yeah, um, mm. um, yeah, and then of course we see that Gollum. The Gollum side of mm-hmm. Gollum has won over when they're right. talking back and forth. Yeah. And he decides that he's going to lead them to her. Her. Which, who could that be? Dun, could dun, that be uh, Arwen? <laughs> or Eowyn? Or Galadriel? Or my pet Fluffy? That would be scary. <laughs> we know what it is. It's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all our hop- hopes lie with two hobbits Frodo wouldn't have gotten far without Sam so yeah mm-hmm. so that's that's it um, yeah. well uh, thanks for being here with me Bill glad we got to do this um, yeah this was really great it was a lot of fun learned mm-hmm. some things we had our wonderful Encyclopedia Tolkien book, which yeah. came in handy, and um, it was just fun uh, sharing memories uh, from this wonderful movie with you, and uh, looking in quotes and just certain scenes that we liked, and mm-hmm. so yeah. Uh, How would you rank the two towers? Oh, so okay, yeah. I forgot about, about this, this with the fellowship. Well, you know what? I mean, I think I would give it an eight. Okay, so out of ten, like compared to all movies, you mean? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, how would you rank it with other films? I guess with the other ones in the series. Yeah, the Fellowship. Well, the Tower, or the I King. think that I would give Fellowship. I I forget what I said in there. But I think I'm gonna. I'm just gonna play it safe and boring, and say I give it an eight point five as well. Okay, so they're but the I, same. But what, from what I remember, I liked Return of the King the best out of the three. Okay. Yeah. Probably a nine. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm still. I'm still. Re- I'm still watching um, Return of the King. I got the second half left to watch, but mm-hmm. um, maybe Return of the King could be nine point five. We'll, mm, see. we'll right. see. Yeah. We'll see. So, how about you? Yeah, I, I guess I would rank. Um, my favorite is still The Fellowship, I think, of the three, mm-hmm. uh, which might be partly biased because of the first one that I watched, but yeah. uh, it just has. It really captures this magical spirit of Tolkien that um, the others still have, but mm-hmm. I felt like it was even more 
uh, Arendt in the first one. And then I guess then the Return of the King and then the Two Towers. But yeah. I like them all a lot. So I mean, I guess to be honest, I think I like that. I if I I want to re- redo my rankings, I would give Fellowship eight point five, the Two Towers an eight, and then maybe Return of the King a nine. Okay. So yeah. yeah. That's all. all right, we can still be friends. Okay, okay, good. Okay. I got really scared there. Look, my, my water is, uh, you know, wiggling back and forth. Because <laughs> I'm being scared. Staring at it. Okay, all right. Well, thanks for um, joining us today. And um, hopefully uh, we can get um, Return of the King done within, a, um, I would say, a month at the latest. So, um, we'll talk to you guys then. Have a great day. See you later. See ya. Bye. Bye.